thank you for joining SBC Leaders Podcast. I'm Kelly Keane, Global Relationship Director for SBC. And today we're here at SBC Summit North America. I'm joined today by Gilles Maillet, who is the Sports Integrity Director for Française des Jeux. He also serves as the Vice Chair of GLMS, which is the Global Lottery Monitoring Service. Française des Jeux is the newest member of SBC Leaders, and Gilles is a powerful voice on the topic of sports integrity. It's fitting that we meet here today in the U.S., an absolutely explosive market when it comes to sports betting. Welcome, Gilles. Thank you. Thank you. It's, uh, it, it was important for me to be, to be here also in, the, in, this, in this event because, uh, well, I work on, on sport integrity uh, and, and this, working daily on this subject, it, it becomes very clear very quickly that it's a global subject. It's not just a French one or a European one, it's a global one. So, you know, uh, listening to the people who are participating in the development of this market here in the U.S. Uh, with the, the complexity that comes with it and with the pot pot potential challenges that it can raise uh, was very important. So to me, it's, uh, it's important to, uh, to be there, understand, you know, listen to the people. My takeaway will be, you know, getting information, contacts, practices, yeah. try to give some also, eventually myself, some uh, view on a different experience, let's say, from, uh, from another country. Amazing. Well, thank you for joining today. Um, you've seen a big chunk of the industry evolve over the years when it comes to regulation and how we address integrity. What's happening in the U.S.? How does it stack up? Well, it's happening in a very, well, to some extent, may look like uh, what was happening in Europe some years ago. I mean, it's, uh, it's opening, as we know, state by state with very often uh, very different, uh, let's say, regulation strategies or policies uh, from one state to another. I mean, land-based, online, casinos, no casinos. I mean, it's, it's, quite, it's quite complex. So um, we say this is highly respectable, of course. I mean, this is, but the, it can be an issue for the future uh, when it comes to having it all, to, to building, I would say, a consistent strategy to, uh, to preserve the integrity of sports. So that's, uh, that's the challenge, I think, that, that will happen, especially when I think about, for, for example, betting on uh, youth competitions or college competitions, for instance, which is, a, I think, can be an issue for the future. So uh, we say, if something happens there, I think sharp decisions will have to be made very quickly, and not only state by state, but possibly at national level. But we'll see how it comes. I mean, it's a, it's a booming market anyway, so the challenges will boom as well together. And is it all pretty similar across states, or are they all doing things differently when it comes to that, when it comes to how they're regulating and how they're viewing integrity? Apparently, I would say the level of uh, awareness, perhaps, of the, about the issue can be different from one state to another, from one regulator to another, from a, I say question of so uh, it's a political question as well. I mean, and uh, whether they are important, I would say uh, uh, clubs or, or teams, perhaps in the state, yes or no. I mean, the, we can feel that the level of awareness is uh, can can vary as well. So, I think with time, probably these things are going to, to get probably a bit more homogeneous. But uh, okay, we have to, to to do with that for the moment. Yeah. So tell me something about your experience and your leadership style. It's playing a part in the trajectory of where you're steering sports integrity. Something, something groundbreaking maybe that GLMS is doing or what, something you're really excited about right now? Well, my experience, uh, well, in terms of management, I've always been a manager who promotes, I would say, collaborative management. It's very clear that today, this is what I have to, to I say, to, to, to move and to, uh, uh, to maneuver. I mean, it's, uh, uh, it's all about collaboration, cooperation which is uh, not always easy because uh, there can be sometimes suspicions between the different families, you know, between the world of sport, 
uh, public authorities and uh, betting operators. So uh, uh, collaboration is really, really key. My, my problem, my target there is to, to, uh, to, to try to influence as much as possible and make so that uh, the people around the table uh, have a common obje objective. And we can find a common objective between the world of sport, between authorities and, and, and betting operators, for sure. I have an example of, I think, what, what I consider as a fruitful, I would say, cooperation. Um, four months ago in France, uh, there was a launch of um, the, uh, a new whistleblowing website for sports, for active sports. I, this is my gift to you. So you have a yes, stickers with the QR code. If, yes. you, if ever you have something to say about one competition, yeah. you hear about you know possible suspicion. So you you go to the, to, to that website, and this website is uh, uh, has been developed uh, in a very secured way. People remain whistleblowers are anonymous. Their reports are confidential. The IP address is not visible, okay. uh, and this is uh, the the result of a interesting corporate collaboration between. Uh, different members of the French national platform against match fixing. This yes. is kind of an official platform. Sure. And uh, we, in fact, uh, two years ago, our, I, I uh, ordered a benchmark study uh, on whistleblowing tools that may be available today in the world of sport, not only in France. And uh, the, um, the conclusions were that uh, it was suddenly interesting to, uh, to, to launch a new service in France uh, for all sports, because many federations don't have the the you know the the, the, the means to or say to uh, to develop that, and also to have something which can be a slightly slightly independent from the world of sport, because very often the the the, the, the sports people don't dare to to speak to their own federation, because uh, let's say the, the the past experience has shown that whistleblowers are, are not always rewarded by their own sport. So. Right. Uh, and we have uh, developed that with six, uh, well, we are six uh, members of that platform, but there is a French Ministry of Sport, the National Olympic Committee, the French Soccer Federation, the Association of uh, Professional Sports League, the Association of uh, Professional Sports Players, and FDJ. So, I mean, it's, uh, you see uh, people from different worlds, and I'm, I was really happy and, and proud, to some extent, to, to put all these people around the same table, defining all together a tool and a process and the yes. process how these reports are going to be treated because you know, everyone, everyone wants to be the first to receive it. So yeah. to be received by the Department of Justice of the Paris area and it be shared with the, in, the, in the platform very quickly. So I'm proud of that. I mean, this is the fruit of, uh, yeah, I think of collaboration, uh, which for that, on that project was, I think, quite well driven. Yeah, that's amazing. And are people using it? Are you seeing people that are... Yeah, well, we, we receive uh, only just a few reports okay. for the moment. But, okay. uh, and the first report was, uh, was rather quick. But... That's nice. So in, in fact, after the collaboration, you're also getting the awareness out and it's much more sort of... No, the, real, you know, the, the point is was not to develop a tool. It's, it's to make yes. it, uh, let's say, to, uh, uh, it has to be uh, made aware, uh, you know, yeah. to, to, the, made aware to, to the world of sport, to actors. So we count on the sports federations, leagues and clubs. Yeah. They are doing the job now under the pressure of the Ministry of Sport, of the Olympic Committee, etc. Yeah. And this is, this is coming. So before you joined um, FTJ and JLMS, you worked in the world of uh, fast-moving consumer goods, FMCG, for brands such as Kraft and Melita, which to me sounds like a totally different world than, than what you're doing now. Um, are there experiences that you had there that you sort of bring to what you're doing now? Can you tell us a bit about that? To me, lottery products and sports betting products are fast-moving consumer goods, yeah. honestly. Uh, 
and and the more it, the more it, it, it goes and the more it is. I mean, yeah. it's, uh, the, the, it's, it's very clear. So to me, that there is not, not such a difference versus what I was uh, doing in the past. The difference is that I'm working on sport integrity. I will come on that. But finally, uh, it's all about uh, what I learned was uh, was to build marketing sales strategies, drive projects uh, in an effective way, uh, work with um, uh, multinational teams as well. I mean, this is all what I'm doing today. I mean, uh, this is why. I mean, uh, working with uh, with GLMS, with the uh, lottery associations, European lotteries, World Lottery Association, uh, with the Council of Europe, with uh, you know all the stakeholders uh, in, in various countries, I, I can really say that uh, I, I, I'm benefiting from the experience I had in the past and in these uh, you know international companies. So, uh, so to me, it's uh, it's quite logical for me. The only difference that we talk about sport, there are, it's a different product to some extent. Yeah. It's not a, uh, the integrity of sport is not a product anymore. It's some, it, it bears values that we have to defend. So uh, this is, this is uh, the, the point is, uh, it's coming from another angle. I mean, uh, it's uh, whether you share or not these values. As I mentioned earlier, quite a powerful voice um, on the topic of sports integrity. And you've gotten there by speaking out on, on what your beliefs are. Can you tell me about sort of a career-defining moment, how you got to where you are now, that sort of steered you yeah. that yeah, way? As you said, perhaps uh, it's not easy to build a link between what I was doing in the past in marketing sales for mass yeah. consumer goods and what I'm doing today. I'm a sports fan, well, I think many people here in this event, I mean, but uh, I, well, I've been playing volleyball at an amateur level for 20 years. I was also the president of a tennis club in, in the Paris area for seven years uh, and member of the, the, the tennis league. I could observe a lot of people in the world of sports who are not especially leaders, people who lead this club, the federation. They are not always sorry, say, aware enough uh, about the risks that some people are posing to the sports whether we talk about doping, match fixing, sexual violence, etc. So there is a strong need for, uh, for mobilization on that. So my experience in sport was uh, important, I would say, also to uh, when I was proposed to, to take that new job. And to me, that was, that was great. I mean, it, it was a good way to, to combine, of course, experience in business, but uh, with a personal commitment to, uh, to defend sport. So that's, uh, you know, you see, you, you can, I, I was, uh, you know, I was happy of that. I mean, it was a personal opportunity to uh, to combine, uh, say, professional interests and and, for, and personal motivation. I feel sports integrity has. Yeah, there's a lot to learn for me, for myself. Did you have a lot to learn when you came in, when you started, when you started working on that? Coming from a passion for sports, but then combining that with your business knowledge, did you have to learn about all those risks and? Was it happening when you when you first joined? It's clear that it's not. Uh, as I said, you know, when I was myself and uh, you know, so as a volunteer, I mean, working in sport, I said, few people are really aware of what's happening there. So you have to learn about about that. And when you start learning, you know, from your own company with associations like uh, GLMS, yeah. where we have 34 lotteries, you know, uh, putting their resources together to monitor and make you know, and, and make that monitoring available for the world of sport and, yeah. and public authorities. I mean, you learn a lot. And you learn about the, let's say, the dimension of the problem. Yeah. And, the, and it's clear also that, the, for instance, the, the pandemic, I mean, the COVID-19 pandemic is, uh, is increasing the risk more, more than before. I mean, uh, so uh, some people say that probably, uh, let's say, in Europe, uh, 5 to 10% of football matches could be fixed. Even partly, so wow. uh, you know, it, it, it goes to a level that we, we cannot imagine. So yes, I learned a lot, yeah. and today I, I can really uh, 
confirm that uh, we have a, we have a, a lot of job to do. But uh, this is why it's important to uh, to cooperate between ourselves, the stakeholders, and, and the various countries. And so, as the U U.S. is coming along and integrity becomes more and more important, are those resources available for them? You know, are, are they sh are you sharing across the globe all, all the things that you've learned? I must say, for, for the contact with the U.S., it's not that easy because of the, this development state by state. Yeah. I was talking about this concept of a national platform. This is coming from the Convention of Macalin from the Council of Europe that any country can sign. By the way, huh? it's not, okay. it has nothing to do with the European Union. Okay. Uh, and uh, there are 35 countries who have build their national platform, and they meet very often together So, in order to share information and good practices. So I, I'm really looking for the moment when uh, some uh, U.S. states or national level, federal, I doubt, but uh, U.S. states should create their own platform and then speak between them and speak with uh, these all the platforms that are available today in Europe, but not only. I mean, uh, there is one in Australia as well. Uh, very soon there will be one also in, uh, in North Africa. So, um, well, this is uh, what has to be built, I would say, today in the US. I mean, this uh, taking, well, after building the business, uh, probably installing cooperation platforms, whatever the name, uh, in the state at federal level, and that in relation with the, also the other stakeholders in the other country. Yeah. You mentioned a statistic, maybe 5 to 10% of matches may be fixed. That's really surprising to me. So, Are there things you come across that are really surprising or what, what has surprised you about what you're doing now? Probably the, the, the most surprise is, is this type of figure because it is not what we observe when we monitor all of us, I mean, uh, with, the, with CNMS or other associations where we monitor sport, we don't find such figures or coming data from, uh, you know, for, from data providers, but the, well, the, the figure I gave well, is coming from the world of sport itself. So uh, I have fewer surprises now because I, 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 got, you know, I got, got more the habit to, 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 to new information. Uh, if I want to talk about a surprise, I, there's something different I can, I can say. I was surprised the day my CEO approached me, in fact, to, to take that job because it was very different from what I was doing. And uh, my surprise at that time was the, the level of commitment of my CEO, Stefan Pérez, um, uh, on the... Uh, she, she wanted really uh, FDJ to be a, a leading company, to be very proactive to defend the world of sport because our company has been also involved for decades uh, with, with the world of sport, financing, sponsoring, partnering. Uh, and uh, I must say that was probably my, my biggest surprise some years ago. Uh, I report to, the, to number one and number two of the company. That's a signal as well. So uh, that was uh, really... Uh, well, kind of surprised, but very motivating as well for me. Yeah. It's nice to have leaders um, in place that can have that kind of vision, that forward thinking, you know, sustainable vision, I think, that you don't often see, especially when it comes to things like integrity, right? It's not so as commercially driven as some of the other uh, yes. <laughs> entities. What kind of challenge is it for you to work in sports integrity as a betting operator? Some years ago, um, I... Uh, I, I, I was discussing with the, uh, the president of a sports federation, a French sports federation. Uh, he was a, a bit skeptical about the way FDJ was approaching this. Uh, the, and, and he gave me a, a, some words that were meaning a lot. He said, well, you're kind of, you're kind of a pyromaniac fireman. You know, the people who uh, fire the, 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 light the fire and then come and say, well, oh, I'm going to extinguish it, no, no, no problem. So, uh, no, that, that's not the way. I mean, I had to explain that uh, we are there for good reasons. Yes. 
We are not only there to defend. You know, the betting operators are not the people who want to have the, the widest and deepest range of uh, bets to offer, whatever the consequences. We, we care about what we are doing, not only for business reasons, but also because we, we share values of sport. We, we want to defend fair performance for different reasons. So, I, perhaps it's more in the DNA of lottery companies who have a societal uh, role in general, but uh, it took some time. I mean, it was a, this was a challenge. It's still a challenge, but I would say with time now, I must say that uh, I think that the message has, uh, has been passed uh, that we are there for, and we are very sincere in, in our approach. But this has to be repeated re regularly. I understand that uh, the kind of reaction, because uh, they perhaps also in the, in the world of betting operators, uh, they are not necessarily all showing the same commitment, I would say. But uh, uh, working with uh, companies like uh, ADJ was uh, uh, now, I think it's quite normal, not only for the water sport, but also for uh, public authority. So uh, we are, you know, I I'm welcome in the, in the meetings of the police, of justice uh, departments in France, with, with speaking with people of uh, Interpol. Uh, and, and, and by the way, we decided, I suggested then, you know, two years ago to invite representatives from the FBI uh, because, uh, you know, we, we didn't see them and, and we need to cooperate between, yes. they said, oh yeah, that's a good idea. So, and, and, and five people from the US came to uh, a meeting of all the national platforms uh, that, was, that, had, that took place uh, two years ago. So now the message is, is there, but I, I know it's always a challenge to, to, to make people understand that we are here for good reasons. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. I think it's nice to see someone who not only um, gets paid to do a job, but truly believes in, in what you're doing and truly believes in caring about that customer and, and making sure that you're doing it for the right, and, and the universe of sport, really, to make sure you're doing the right things yeah. for the long term. So thank you for sharing that with us. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. Um, my serious thanks, merci Gilles, for joining us today, for giving us the opportunity to hear your experiences, but also what's happening in the world of sports integrity.